0: Hi, welcome to my CBT podcast. This is Dr. Julie Osborne. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to be with me. I first wanted to start with a shout out to a new review I got, which again, I always appreciate and love reading and encourage you to do on Apple podcast platform, which is great. So this is from Rick in Fullerton, and he says, procrastination solution. Great advice, Dr. Julie. The advice you gave on why we procrastinate is because we are overwhelmed. You said to break tasks down to three items at a time to complete. Well, I tried it and now I stopped putting things off. Three items at a time is definitely manageable and I find myself feeling more accomplished. Thank you, Dr. Julie. So thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. We all can use a little help with procrastinating, right? Again, I appreciate everybody listening and taking the time to review. So that's great. I also wanted to share some fun news. Just kind of put this maybe on your calendars is that I'm planning on doing a live episode on Facebook on September 26. So I will keep providing you with more details and the time, but that'll be an opportunity where I'll be live and you can ask me questions and I can answer and we can talk and hopefully be able to share some more tools and some insight and give some help for any of you that would like to, you know, call in and ask some questions. So that's really cool. So we're doing that. There's more and more people listening to the podcast, which is really exciting. So we just thought this would be a new fun thing to try to go live. So we're going to do that again. It's on September 26th and just keep that on your calendars uh, for the future. So today I want to talk about a couple things, but I'm going to start off with an email that I got from someone, which was great asking me for some help. So I'm going to read you the email and then share what my thoughts are. And again, if you want to contact me regarding questions or suggestions for the podcast, you can email me at mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear and respond and answer whatever questions. So this is from Jennifer. And she said, Dear Dr. Julie, I found your MyCBT podcast really helpful. And I'm really glad that you've made it as a resource available in these difficult times. One of my loved ones suffers with anxiety, and I'm sure there are many other people in the same position trying to be supportive. You think supporting loved ones would make a good subject for a podcast? I'd love to hear your thoughts and tips in this area. Best wishes, Jen. So again, thanks, Jen. And uh, thanks for letting me share this on my podcast and to answer that question. So it is a great question. A lot of people struggle not knowing what the best thing is to be supportive for someone who's going through anxiety or depression or any really mental health issue, right? So it can be anything. She happened to mention anxiety. And it's important to be there based on what's going to be best for you and how much you can give of yourself. Sometimes, you know, we give and give and we're there for somebody. We want to be there. And they can sometimes get too dependent on us. So we have to find some balance. But the best way to start off with being there for someone is just to be, you know, open to what they're saying, listening without judgment, you know, maybe giving them a hug if that would be helpful, holding their hand when they're having a difficult time. Or even if someone's going through a panic attack, sometimes just touch can get them more focused and based if they're comfortable with that. Also, you want to offer resources you know, listening to say my CBT podcast, you know, the Mind Over Mood book is always a great resource. Feeling Good is another great resource for dealing with anxiety or other mental health issues. And also, you know, suggesting if somebody's really struggling to help them find a resource that not that you want to do everything for somebody, but sometimes just making that phone call can be a lot. And I've had some clients who have had their loved ones call me first and kind of asked me if, you know, it would be a good fit for them, the CBT, as well as myself, and kind of getting some information. And then they have the client call, because it's important that the client calls to make that first appointment, so that they get invested in the therapy. And we can talk and hopefully feel comfortable. And I can give them some direction to get started. So sometimes, you know, just looking up and finding therapists, or if you need to be with them on the phone and call the insurance to find someone can be really helpful because doing those kind of things can be so overwhelming if someone is really struggling, you know, with anxiety. Obviously right now we're all doing telehealth or most of us, there's some people that are meeting in person. So, you know, if that is the case, maybe, you know, I've had clients that have had friends drive them because they've been a little shaky behind the wheel or a little nervous coming to the first appointment and You know, they wait for them in the waiting room. I've had some people join the therapy session if they prefer, but, you know, maybe offering, you know, I could drop you off. I could pick you up, you know, those types of things. So again, it depends on the severity. And I'd really ask your friend or your loved one, what is it they need from you? Because a lot of times we all make assumptions on what your loved one would need or wants. And maybe it's what you think you would want if you were in that position. Because we tend to give what we would want, right? And it might not be what they need or what they're looking for. So I would first say, you know, how can I be of help? What would be most helpful to you? What do you need from me? You know, and then go with that. That would be the best way to really get started. I think the person will feel like they're being heard and what they need will actually be helpful. I can tell you what I have learned over the years is, you know, being a good listener and asking my clients, you know, what can I help you with? Because I'll have all these ideas running through my head. Oh, this will help and this will help and they should be doing this and da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, I'm not there for the client. I'm not there where they are at that moment. And my suggestions might not be helpful to them because they're not ready to hear them or that's not what they need. So, you know, I've had to learn over the years to be a good listener and to ask, you know, how can I help you? And I got to tell you, you know, many, many times I'll hear things that I didn't think I'd hear. I thought they were going to maybe say what I thought and they don't because everybody's an individual. So that, that would be the best way to support someone that you love. But I'd really encourage you to ask them to get professional help if they're really struggling because a lot of people avoid that, especially when you're anxious, right? You tend to avoid things. And you don't want to just be kind of a band-aid for them that they come and talk to you. They get through whatever they're going through and then they move on. And then next time they call you again. So you need to start saying, you know, what do they need? I can be there for them, but also maybe having some healthy boundaries if that's necessary. And the other part I want to add here is what to do for you. Because a lot of us, again, can get lost in being caregivers and being there for someone else. And that's not good for us just to be taking care of others. And caregivers get burned out. You know, years ago when I worked at uh, the University of California, Irvine, I got involved with the program that sadly isn't around anymore, but it was specifically for caregivers. And they asked me to get involved and they gave me training because they were more of a, on the medical side, working with patients. And they would see these caregivers who would just, you know, get burned out and they'd end up getting physically sick. And they were not getting the support they needed and they weren't taking care of themselves because their focus was the patient or, you know, their loved one that that was a patient that they were caring for. So I got to do a lot of therapy with a lot of caregivers. And it was really a great experience. And I was so happy to be there for them. And we have to find that balance always with being there for others, but taking care of ourselves as well. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't be there for them, right? So be mindful. If you're getting burned out or overwhelmed or you're getting anxious about helping the person with anxiety or you're getting calls in the middle of the night and your sleep's being interrupted and you're not doing well the next day, like you really need to take you know a little inventory for yourself and say, is this interfering? Am I really doing what's best for this loved one? And I need to, again, be focused on self-care for me so that I can be there. You know, we want to be there for each other, which is a beautiful thing. And I do encourage that. You know, it can be a great help. I'm sure all of us can think back to people in our lives that have been there for us when we needed them most and what a difference they made. So it is a great thing to be of service always, you know, and to give back, pass it forward, all those great things. But you also have to have healthy boundaries so that you can be the best person for your loved one and really be there for them in a healthy way. And not just, you know, like enabling what's going on or, you know, putting a bandaid on it every time. And you don't want them to get too dependent on you so that they're not doing everything for themselves and thinking, well, you know, for example, I'll just, you know, call Julie and, you know, she'll help me get through this. And next time I need it, I'll call Julie again. But that's not really fixing anything. So that's a lot of times where, you know, if you direct them to a professional therapist, they can kind of take that load off and, you know, get some professional help and really get better. And I I think too, you know, another thought is that for a caregiver, I think it can be overwhelming, wondering, am I doing the right thing? You know, what if, God forbid, what if someone was suicidal and they harm themselves or they kill themselves, you know, and then I don't want you to be left with that burden, that guilt if I should have done more. I didn't see it. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. So there's a lot of things to think about. And of course, it depends on the severity of the loved one and what they're going through. But, you know, that's why having a professional who can manage that, can assess for those, you know, risk factors. And can also give you some support and some direction on what would be best working with your loved one. That it's always good to bring in like a third party under those circumstances. And we all just want to be well and we want your loved one to be well. And for you to be well at the same time so you guys can get to a better place together. So that would be my suggestions regarding helping someone. It's about them, but it's also about you. And, you know, maybe you're not a caregiver, but you know somebody that is or someone that's really stepping in and helping somebody else out and you're concerned and seeing how stressed they're getting or worried or overwhelmed and you know maybe you could share this podcast with them or just share some of the things that I'm saying is they really need to assess what's best for everybody involved. So it's a great question again Jen. Thank you so much for that email. I think it's information everybody could use. It's whether we're doing the caregiving and the support or we know somebody else that is. Thank you. In addition to that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about today, because this is something that's coming up more and more with my clients, and I just thought it might be helpful to address, is all the stress from the world today, that people are getting even more overwhelmed, not just with the pandemic going on and on and on, and not really having an end in sight to when life will get back to, you know, quote, normal. But also with the election getting close, people are really getting stressed out with, you know, the protests that are great, that people are taking the time to do that. But when they see on TV, the people that are not the calm people that are protesting and they're getting violent and, you know, looting, you know, coming in from other states, all those things that are going on, people are really getting overwhelmed and scared and I understand that because it can be too much. And, and I'm mindful, which I probably have shared before about how much news I watch. You don't want to be informed, but to watch hours and hours, it's just depressing, to be honest with you. It's really difficult. And I think a lot of my clients, you know, have been sharing that, you know, they feel helpless, that they see all this going on and they really care, right? Because that's why they're upset. They're talking about it. They're crying about it. I mean, it's because they have good hearts and they care and they want the world to be better. And they want all of us to be in a better place and to support each other, but when you see it's been you know all over the country and it's so huge of a problem that feeling helpless is because you just don't know what to do and you think you can't maybe even make a difference right and what what's you know little me gonna be able to do to to stop you know the violence or things that are going on and all the issues out there in the world so I wanted to address that and just share that. You know, again, be careful, you know, how much news you're watching. Be careful that you're not letting other people talk to you about it if you don't want to talk about it. I mean, that's another thing that I've had people share is, you know, people are wanting to talk about this all the time and you're feeling overloaded and, you know, you're a little nervous to maybe speak up. And I've just told my clients, just say, hey, yeah, I understand your concerns, you know, but I just can't continue to listen to the news and I don't want to talk about politics because it's just, you know, too emotional and it's really stressing me out already. So you can set boundaries with other people. You can be mindful who you're hanging out with. Even your spouse might be talking about it too much, right? I have some people where their spouse is just talking about it and so upset. And, you know, my clients is just like, oh my God, I just can't hear this all day long. It's too much. So you don't want to be in a state of feeling helpless because that's not a good place to be. And whenever my clients feel that way, I always talk to them about, you know, what's something you can do so you don't feel so helpless. And you want to, you know, focus on what you have control over, right? So some people are getting involved with the election, you know, making phone calls, sending texts, going around putting signs up on lawns, like, you know, you can call whatever party you support and just say, what is there that I can do? Right. And that makes people feel a little more empowered. Some people are donating. That's something else you can do to make you feel like you're helping. You know, whoever you support, whatever is going to be good for you. So you're not just sitting at home thinking, oh my God, oh my God, what's happening to this world? What can I do to make a difference? And it doesn't even have to be where you're specifically, you know, working with your party of choice or anything. Maybe it's just going to the neighbors and saying, hey, is there anything you, you need? Or, you know, checking on someone who lives alone, right? Or just sharing, you know, some of your time, having some compassion, whatever it might be, donating to, Some animal shelters that, you know, need some things or the food pantries. I mean, there's so much we can do on a really small level that makes a huge difference because so many people are struggling in so many ways, right? We see on the news too, families having to drive up to get bags of groceries. I mean, it's really scary, you know, and it's just it's just sad that, you know, a lot of people have been put in this position because of the pandemic and, you know, the economy shutting down and all those things. So, you know, what touches your heart, what's important to you. And let's see if I can give in some way, whether it's time, money, if somebody uh, could use, you know, take their dog for a walk for them. If they're overwhelmed, you know, there's parents at home trying to work and their kids are going to school. You know, if you have a little free time, if you could go over, maybe take them lunch or, you know, if they got a toddler, maybe hey, I'll take them out to the park for you while your other child's on, you know, Zoom for, you know, doing class. Like, I, you know, I don't mean to go on and on, but there's so many different things we can be of service and feel helpful and get outside of that horrible feeling of feeling helpless. So that's what I would really, you know, recommend. I know I talked about some of this when I did my podcast on coping with COVID, but that was just about the pandemic. And now I'm seeing, you know, layers of things regarding the overwhelming feeling of stress and fear that a lot of people are experiencing right now. And and I want to say, if, if you are a news person, it's good to always listen a little bit to both sides, because I have talked to some people that have just heard specific stories that have just created a lot of fear for them. And I've tried to clarify more facts and to hopefully decrease some of the fear. So it's important that we find, you know, some balanced information, right, and do what's best for us. And sometimes that's even shutting off the TV, right? Go take a hot bath or shower, do some meditation, find ways to be calm during the day. You know, exercise helps some people, watching a fun movie, hanging out with people, you know, your family, anyone that's safe to be with, that you feel good, reaching out to someone you haven't talked to in a while. I got my, you know, my new Paisley, my my pug. I love hanging out with her, just petting her and having some fun, taking a walk. That's really calming for me. So you got to find what's best for you. You want to pick something that's healthy. You want to have good boundaries. For yourself and others in your life. And you want to find some way where you can be of service and feel helpful. And that can give you a beginning of having a better direction and a better focus and start to feeling a little better. And, you know, as they say, this too shall pass. You know, the the election will be done. The pandemic at some point will be more under control. And hopefully, positive changes regarding all of us living together and being together and respecting each other's differences and making the world a calmer and better place that, you know, I believe we're going to get there, but sometimes we need a little disruption to get there. Right. And, and everything, like I've, i talked about before too, with the pandemic, you know, that if you can find what's the silver lining, some of it is that, you know, family has spent more time together than ever before. There's some people have ended up repairing relationships because they've had to spend that extra time together. Or you have found a way to be of service seeing what others, you know, are suffering or are lacking because of the circumstance, you know, whatever it might be. Some people have gotten really healthy and a lot of people have gone on diets instead of working out because, you know, they've been home and they have extra time. So, you know, sometimes things, again, have to be disrupted for change to happen. And if you can look at all of this as an opportunity for us to get to a better place, for you to get healthy or for you to address maybe some issues you've been avoiding or putting off, Whatever it might be, whatever it might be, the focus is to feel better. I teach you by doing that, by changing the way you're thinking, being aware of what you're thinking that's creating your feelings of negativity regarding feeling helpless, anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, scared, insecure, frightened. You know, all the feelings that we're having is based on the way you're thinking about things. Right. And we want to identify what our hot thoughts are, the thoughts that aren't 100% true. Maybe the the hot thought for you might be, you know, there's nothing I can do about all these problems. That's a hot thought, but that'll create a lot of fear and insecurity and anxiety, probably some depression. And maybe the behavior will be to just stay home and close the blinds and not do anything. It might be to drink too much, eat too much, spend money you don't have, whatever it might be, right? And your physical stuff could be all your sleep, appetite changes, hard time focusing, crying, any of those things. Right? That's all the CBT stuff, right? Your thoughts, your moods behaviors, physical reactions, and then your environment. And the environment is what I've been talking about a lot, right? Within our home, outside of our home. So when you can identify that I'm thinking there's nothing I can do to make a difference and identify that as a hot thought and challenge it and say, you know, what can I do? What's one small act I can take today that can change your mood, that can change your behavior and your physical reactions and make your environment a better place. So again, I'll leave you with my mantra. Make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel. Keep working on your CBT tools you're learning with me and identify those thoughts and change them. Take good care of yourself and be safe. It's great to be there for loved ones. And I'm glad Jen is there for her loved one. And I want all of us to be there for somebody. And at the same time, take care of yourself. So as always, We'll be back again next week to talk about more important things and learn more CBT tools. Stay safe and be well. Just listen to my CBT podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at podcast. You can email me at mycbtpodcast@gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Julie Osborne. My website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Whoa, Poe Productions.